When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we've got a whole bunch of stuff to discuss this week and some uh, Oscar categories that are hard to call, given that uh, we've got just a few weeks before the end of this season and other things we've been watching. But I have to tell you, the most exciting moving image media experience I had this week was watching the State of the Union. I, uh, I did the same thing and I got great a TV. kick out of it. Great theater. Yes. Great theater with with this older sort of smart wily <laughs> you know player you know playing the Republicans. So, He's so always expertly smarter than people think. I mean, that's kind of what's great about it. Like inverts the optics of the of you know the sort of charming politician. And I love the baiting. How to how to play it? And they've already made the decision that the Republicans are in fact going to be characters in the in the drama as it plays out he he wants them to look bad he wants them to look like it was amazing yeah i mean marjorie taylor green to to yell liar that was that was amazing i mean this to me was like a 75 minute movie where it's like the first act is like the slow build to the lectern because it really takes a while and when he really gets into it it's like did did you really think like he and his team didn't think when he says something about what Republicans did, they weren't going to shout back like the cut to Marjorie exactly Taylor Greene? I mean, yeah, he, it was like and, perfect. And even even McCarthy, you know, to his credit, understood that it wasn't playing the way it should. <laughs> yeah. But but also the, the optics of what to applaud, you know. Uh, McCarthy had yeah. to decide: Are you going to support, you know, uh, lowering drug costs? Are you yeah. going to are you going to applaud for the right things? Because everything that uh, Biden was doing was for the sake of the people, right? You know, the Republicans don't have any interest in helping people. <laughs> it's not yeah, their goal. You get these like master shot. There was really it was really interesting after that ridiculous prolonged, um, you know, House vote for Kevin McCarthy. There were all these stories about how C-SPAN got to run run wild and do all all these different kinds of camera shots to make to play up the drama but even here i felt like going from like the main image of biden to like the master shots of the room or the uh, where it's like you could see who's standing and who's not applauding and it's like how do you not applaud when he says this how do you not stand up for that you know it, it creates meaning that that i think is really effective as a mess as a messaging device and some people were like oh it's kind of like you start to feel like you're just listening to propaganda after a while. And it's like, well, I guess so. But that's of sort course, of the that's what it's supposed stuff. to be. But the but the ratings were down, you know, from last year and the uh, approval ratings were up. People really liked the speech. It, it, it went over really, really well. So um, I think the Democrats have a good playbook to work with going forward. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's funny being in the midst of award season right now and thinking about like, well, this time next year, we'll be in the midst, we'll be like sort of at the end of Oscar season and on the cusp of the intensity of a presidential. I'll be year. back with my postcards. <laughs> my I'm God. Taking a, I'm taking a break right now. <laughs> well, on the awards front, we do want to talk about some categories, but there was a probably the biggest um, newsy development this week was one that shouldn't be that 
unexpected, but it, but it's one that that really kind of cut through the noise. And it was this piece by Gina Prince Bythewood uh, about the woman king snub, and as an extension of that, the 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 absence of till and and the feeling of of you know that there's a lingering racism within Hollywood and the Academy that that's frustrating. And it, I mean, I'm sure it was a hard piece to write and one Very that carefully. lots of people said not to do, but yes. in the over here's, here's here. I um, saw that the piece existed and I was sort of resisting reading it a little bit because I didn't want her to, to do the wrong thing. Uh, I'm a big fan of hers. And in, in the usual PR universe of, of, uh, Oscar Optics 101, you you never do this. This is not what you do. Um, you don't whine, you don't complain, you don't talk about what you didn't get. But I read it and it was very, very well argued. And she basically laid out um, a very good case for why uh, people of color should be given prizes and given awards and recognized for their work and that and that it's not happening because her movie had and how many yeah. laud, laud, how lauded it was uh certainly uh viola davis you know completely uh backed by every group you know yeah there, she and, was on the cusp she didn't get it so so she's saying this is what you lose but what really come what it all comes down to and she's saying this too is that you have to watch the movie i had a conversation with her uh at the critics choice awards and i it was one of those conversations where i was being sort of honest and blunt you know in my typical way um when i'm supposed to be telling her how great she is and how well she's going to do and I said, you probably feel like it should be a lot easier than this. You're on the cusp of it. You're on the cusp of it, but it could not happen. It may not happen. And 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 certainly uh, the other part of it is, I mean, the, it wasn't whining, but it was frustration because of having gone through the campaigning process. I mean, back at the Gotham Awards last year, she gave an amazing speech. Like when you invest that time and energy, like that's not nothing. And so the question is, like, like to, to, to your point, you were saying, you know, you were worried she might say the wrong thing. It's like there is this impulse probably from by a lot of people to whine when they don't make the cut. So it's really about being able to see past this and past that and recognize something past, is not working. What it is, past your yourself. own biases. Yeah. Past yourself. So she's arguing for her craftspeople. She's arguing for her for her talent. Yeah. She's arguing for for the but what it really the way the piece ends, it's all about the same thing. It's about all the people in the academy, mostly white, who resisted watching the movie. Because and the crazy thing they about that, in it. right? But I mean, the crazy thing about that is that, like, by traditional award season logic, Women King did have a lot going for it, including commercial success. It made almost a hundred million dollars right. at the box office globally. And, you yeah, know, it's a, I wouldn't say it was one of my favorite movies of the year, but I can appreciate a lot about it, and it certainly feels like the kind of film that could it wasn't resonate. A critics' picture, right? No, you know? it was it was, a, it, it was, it was something a commercial else. success. But yeah. so was Top Gun, and so was Avatar. They weren't critics' pictures either. So, so you you have you have precedents. So you know, Gladiator or something like that. I don't agree. Somebody was saying you know that movies like gladiator um wouldn't be doing well anymore i don't agree with that if, if gladiator came along everybody would I jump mean, all over it they ridley scott it. was getting you know nominated for the martian when he was in his 80s or, right. or 
So, yeah, so I don't, no, I don't, no worry, I don't buy no that. No worries there. But th this wasn't The Gladiator. This was a movie completely populated by Black people and set in Africa in, in a certain period. That's it. That's the reason that a lot of people didn't want to back it or finance it. And congratulations to Sony TriStar for making the movie and doing well. Yeah, by it. I but wonder they also necessarily do well by it in the Oscar campaign. There are reasons to criticize their campaign. There is something fascinating about the divide between women king being snubbed in a very obvious problematic way and the celebration around everything everywhere all at once, which is a major, you know, land, you know, landmark movie for Asian American audiences because of its representation of that experience. But also, I don't want to say coddle, but it makes other audiences feel comfortable, including probably that older white contingency of the academy yes, they embraced other that movie and were and jumped but partly because they thought they were going to have a good time the word of mouth on it was so strong and it was a quote-unquote comedy action comedy that they were willing to go and just with as with parasite they went to see parasite because everybody told them they were going to have a good time now woman king looked a little more daunting to people it looked like it was action it looked like it was war it looked like it was more serious, you know, it, 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 it looked like it, to some people, it, it was hugely entertaining. Well, but really the, 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 the point that really it. sinks in from her piece is all these people who did see it and were like, they didn't telling her like, oh, I didn't think it was for me. And I'm surprised, like not realizing what that sounds like. What Why bad, isn't it for you? Because you, because you're a white person. It's like, so, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing I always, I talk more about this more and more with people. It's like, the, the problem of like white supremacy is that the worst forms of it are invisible to the people who practice it. Like forget about like Nazis or, or actual white supremacists at rallies. It's people who are like so comfortable in their whiteness that they feel like they can just act as if it's the most important thing and everything else is sort of secondary to that. Well, and that's it, an example of it. What it comes down to is, is that the, there has been for a long time, a kind of segregation of, of, of content where people who, um, don't think they're going to like content that's white people are think that they're not going to identify they're not going right. to enjoy they're well, not they going expect to the content that they get invest into the their story. time in yeah and, they expect and they should that... be able to i mean yeah. I, I mean women know how to identify with men men sometimes have trouble with women's pictures but no but, but it's like they expect it to to make them comfortable too to somehow be like okay i'm going to watch a story about you know, some some marginalized groups experience, but like it's going to be through the lens of, you know, a good white person or something like somehow you get something that allows your your perspective in. And, and that's part of the problem, too. I don't really know what the Academy does here. I mean, when Oscars so white was a thing and, and the A2020, you know, resolution came out and everything they certainly there were formidable efforts they, to diversify. they addressed the problem from you know organically from the ground up and it, it has made you know sir obviously it has made a lot of improvements it's a younger more diverse more international academy but it's still 66 percent white you know it's still uh largely male uh so here's the thing um the BAFTAs addressed this whole thing by having committees, especially in the acting categories, go in and and you know sort of vet the nominations. Uh, in, in other words, they interfered with what the actual votes were, and they added people, including Gina Prince Bythewood, by the way, mm -hmm. um, in director in the directing category. They added her, but um, presumably, I, maybe she got in there on her own. I'd like to think that's true, but it, it is a way 
it is a way. I'm not sure that's what the Academy should do, but some have suggested that the BAFTAs are, I, I don't like it because it's not I, I, what the BAFTAs are doing because it's not real. It's, it doesn't rep reflect reality. I'd, I'd much rather they, they change their vote. They're, they're very white over there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'd obviously rather they change their voting base the way the Academy did with, with time. I don't know how much, how long time the Academy's membership will continue to diversify and get younger. And maybe the, the issue, you know, is addressed in that Some sense. of the old but, ones will die out. Yeah. People are going to die off, but in terms of more immediate results, it also sort of mandates perhaps more, you know, kind of grassroots campaigning and so forth to, to raise awareness about the possibility that like something that seems like a surefire bet for an Oscar nomination might not be because of the, this ingrained well, there's problem. Another of yeah, I agree with you. I, there's another possibility too, which is that some people may be um, in the case of the best actress race, for example, uh, maybe uh, going with something new and fresh over someone who's been lauded many times before. So that could explain partly the, the Andrea Riseborough over Viola Davis. Now, you would think Daniel Deadweiler would, would be in there, but Anna de Armas happened to be the one they went with in that particular case, the rising star. Right, which is also fascinating for a whole bunch of other reasons. But in any case, we do want to talk about some categories that are tough to call because Oscar voting, final Oscar voting opens in early March. It closes March 7th, so basically less than a month. Uh, till the end of all of this. And as things stand, you know, in the final phase of campaigning, there are still a few categories. I mean, you might say like best picture is probably everything everywhere with a Fableman's possibility or something like that, but it's not really seems it's like more, that, that we're heading into a very obvious. Banshees and, and, uh, Could sneak in. and everything. I mean, but, yeah, but, so they, but they have like, these other categories that I think we should talk through because okay, let's do it. they're harder. So, okay, so we're going to we start, start with makeup and hair. And the one that, um, at least on Gold Derby, I'm just looking at that as a place to start. The one that everybody thinks is the is the lead um, contender is the whale for uh, the obviously. Uh, I mean, how can it not be? You look job. at that. It's like the one still from that movie is makeup. It's Brendan Fraser and makeup. I mean, so the question here <laughs> is whether Brendan Fraser is actually the front runner and best actor, because sometimes these two go together. So if on Oscar night, this particular one doesn't go to the whale. <laughs> That's a sign <laughs> that Brendan Fraser is not gonna gonna win best best actor because Elvis is a strong contender. All Quiet on the Western Front is a strong contender. I would I would really uh, argue for both of those. They're 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 excellent. So, well, what about the Batman? Which speaking of best actor makes Colin, Colin Farrell, Farrell look again. like Robert De Niro as a fat yeah. man. Yeah, I mean it's a strange. I, I first time I saw Colin Farrell in the Batman, I thought it was Robert De Niro. From I didn't recognize years. him. I had no. I had to Very look it up weird. to see who he was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there so, is something there too. Yeah. So Elvis is going to win a few things. I'm not sure it's this category. And again, All Quiet on the Western Front is going to win a few things. I'm going to stick with the whale. For, for the moment Same. Um, yeah. in, in, in hair and makeup. Production design, that's a really interesting one because Babylon seems like, I mean, it recreates so much detail, but it's certainly not that. I mean, you have Avatar in there, you have All Quiet again, uh, which has an incredibly vivid period detail to, to rival Babylon. They built, they built all those trenches and everything. I mean, that's something that, that people know. The trouble with Babylon is that it isn't a best picture contender of this 
of this group. Um, and that's not the, you know, that's not a necessity, but it helps. Um, I mean, it certainly is deserving in terms of what it accomplishes, all the different sets, all the different, you know, bells and whistles that are in there. I'm putting um, the, the people at Gold Derby have Babylon in first position, followed by Elvis, Avatar, and All Quiet. And I'm being a little weird here. Um, I'm going with All Quiet. I think yeah, it's I got see that. to win a I few mean, things. It's 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 got so much obvious support in all these different categories, so it would make sense that it would do well in a craft category. I think it's it's, it's notable that four out of the five nominees are period pieces, and then so the fifth the one that's, is I mean, Avatar, right? Yeah, yeah. So, which is Avatar. A I, mean, I don't understand why Avatar hasn't been. I guess I do understand. It's a sequel, and they take Jim Cameron for granted is the reason. But Avatar should be winning everything that it's up for. And well, I mean, the production design is is a really interesting one to talk about because it's like so much. It, nothing you're seeing is really in front of you. Not even the water is real. But that goes against it. That's the problem <laughs> because they don't love digital over there at the Academy. So, so the production designers, you know, even though it's all design, it's all design. It doesn't make any difference. Uh, they, they don't go for it. So, so this, is, this will be an interesting one. Cause it's like, if you get that one, you're going to beat out a lot of people. Yes. This is not by any means a clear cut. Uh, and we have to see also this is all right. So the guild awards are all coming up. So we're going to learn from them who wins all the different, you know, the production, you know, the, there's all the, 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 the ADG, which is the art directors guild, the, the cinematography, which is the ASC, you know, we're going to see what wins all of those. And, and that will tell us that will give us a lot. Like if hair and makeup doesn't go with, uh, you know, the, with that, if that guild doesn't go for the whale, that's going to be a big, a big signal. And trickle down effect to, to best actor potentially. So that speaking of which, so best costume design, Another one that's certainly got a lot of period pieces of Babylon, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris, Elvis, but then also everything everywhere in Black Panther. Of course, Ruth Carter won for the first Black Panther, which was a big deal. And everybody loves Ruth Carter. Uh, but, you know, that's Babylon why I is have it at number one. And so does the group at, at Gold Derby. Also, the the new designs for this one, from 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 the underwater world to uh, the funeral costumes, those extraordinary white costumes that they put together. There's a lot of new material in this one that's just stunning. It just catches your attention. Elvis, you could argue, it's in second place, is 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 recreating what already existed you know the the elvis looks that that existed in real life babylon is great costumes lots of them all over the place everything everywhere all at once is highly regarded um for its costumes because there's so many of them it keeps and changing so, so diverse uh and so character driven and mrs harris goes to paris is haute couture and, yeah and, and you know it's really stunning stuff yeah, it's it looks good but it, it, it's it's less exciting than some of the other stuff i think less people saw the film and well, there's a too you know although with the older the white audience academy. uh older white voters i mean you can't there's it's probably the, the the movie nominated most likely to appeal to that mostly women i would say went to see that one there is um, there is that as well so i'm going to stick with black panther on on this category seems like a safe bet so you wanted to talk about best director as a tough category to call to me this seems like a no-brainer that Spielberg has it in the bag. I mean, I think it's he his has story. it in the bag also, but um, 
for example, it's not clear which way the DGA is going to go. And the DGA could swing things a little bit. What if the DGA votes for the Daniels, uh, which could happen? Well, it would be wild. I mean, it would just be wild to see that. I mean, the last time that um, two directors won was the Coens, obviously, but they were, when they won Best Director for No Country, they were, you know, they had been established for, you know, 20 years. They played by a, uh, they made it so that, I, as I recall, Joel was the director in, in these universes. Right, that's true. They, they yeah. called so them they, the Coens, but yeah, they but, were the Coens, yeah. but they, yeah, that's he how was, they. He was the director, and Ethan was right. the, was the producer, and they both were writers, obviously. Um, so I, you know, if if we're looking at these categories, I would say I think Spielberg gets the 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 Academy Legacy vote. The yeah. the 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 he's it's it's a, it's about emotion. It's about beloved director, you know. And it, the only real knock against Spielberg in this category is that. He's won before. He's the most overexposed, overly celebrated director alive. But like it's been ever. a while. It's been really. quite a while. It's been a while since he won one. And, and this is a very specific kind of a thing. But it's still, it's like, that's just another Oscar for Spielberg. I suppose that's the only negative campaigning think, tactic someone could take here. I think Martin McDonough <laughs> is in there. I put him, some people would say that it's, if everything everywhere all at once sweeps, if it's if it's a real sweep kind of situation, it's so strong that everybody votes for it in every category that it's up for almost um, that could happen. And then then you would have them winning and you would have them winning screenplay and you'd have them winning Michelle Yeoh winning. You know, it, it would just go across the board. But for the moment, I'm going to assume that things are going to get split up. I, you know, it's, you didn't put best original screenplay on here, which has some of the same people um, competing in it. Because it's a lot that, of auteurs who wrote and directed. Yeah. But I do think that that one is, is worth looking at, too, because it's like I know that, you know, McDonough seems like he's an obvious front runner. I and think he is. God, that guy would love to be recognized as more filmmaker than writer. Because I know, he but he's got to win someday. He's been nominated for years. He's been now nominated. he has to yeah, win something. Always, so, but then I would also say like Tar and Todd Field, like Tar feels like an original screenplay kind of a movie it he created one of the most indelible characters in a movie in modern memory even more so than it's any likely other that that character will be rewarded by Kate by giving an award to Kate Blanchett yeah what right so that it could be that's the one that it wins but I'm just saying I wouldn't count out Todd Field for Tar here because I could see some people looking at this list of possibilities and saying well you know, Tar was a really well scripted. I mean, the screenplay of that movie really sticks with you. I love Tar, and I, it's actually a strong contender. It's up for editing as well with, and directing, which is a, a big deal. The only thing I look at, though, is the wider academy and who they are and what their taste is. And even if we lean into the Europeans and we lean into uh, a more sophisticated, diverse uh, voting body, there are still all these mainstream branches, the publicists, the producers, the, the members at large, you know, the agents, the, the, the people who are um, just not uh, as sophisticated. As the, the basics. <laughs> The basic crew. They're not in well, love with Tar. Those people are not in love with Tar. So you mentioned editing. Let's look at that one because that one always ends up being an incredibly telling category throughout the night. You know, if, if a Best Picture nominee wins editing, it can be a real sign of where things are heading. 
So you look at everything everywhere and, and the way it's, you know, its premise is built around how it jumps from one universe to the next the whole way through. And it's kind of hard to argue with, right? Unless you look at Elvis, it's kind of doing the same thing because that movie never stops with its, with its uh, jumping around. I think this one's easy to call, actually. I, I made it sound like it was a challenge. I do think it's Top Gun Maverick for this category and 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 probably for for sound because because it's that's the kind of movie it is it's impeccably produced inc you know incredibly well made all the uh the effects and the cinematography it was a shock it didn't get nominated for that um and and everything that they put together on this uh just delivered so it has to win something i think yeah although i i mean See, this gives fuel to the the uh, kind of minority opinion that Top Gun actually is like a secret best picture front runner, right? Like if Top Gun wins best editing, why not? Why not picture? I mean, it doesn't always match up. It, but they, it, I mean, sometimes they, they go with a James Bond movie, you know, in editing, and it it doesn't always match up. I I would I'd be curious to see what happens here because I mean. To me, everything, everywhere, all at once, the essence of that movie is editing. Like when people talk about that movie, they're talking about the way it's edited. I've talked to people who are not film people who come out of it and say, wow, the editing in that movie was really impressive. Whereas like Top Gun is a scent, it's it. It's invisible. I mean, it's it's blockbuster. It's pretty impressive. I'm not saying it's not <laughs> impressive. I mean, I'm just saying it's, it's you know, more streamlined. Everything everywhere it's is more old school yeah. studio um, bombastic. Classical. Yeah. But it's not it that it doesn't mean that a great deal of skill wasn't involved in making oh, sure. that movie as successful as it was for the audience. Yeah. I mean, uh, look, there's a, there's a great deal of skill in, in Tar, too, in the way that the those orchestra scenes are, are edited. I mean, it's it's extraordinary. Well, that's what I mean. Tar, you can't ignore how well Tar did in the nominations. And here yeah. it is in, in the editing category, which is a pretty big deal. Um, and so is Banshees, uh, another Best Picture contender. Um, so you could argue that Top Gun, Elvis, everything, Banshees, and Tar are the top five, you know, competing for Best Picture. For every, you could argue yep. that. Yep, yep. So really interesting. You wouldn't have guessed this list a year ago. That's no, no. Um, so actress and actor, let's look at those right quick. So actress... Boy, I got to tell you, the news cycle around Andrea Riseborough refuses to quit. I mean, talk about, uh, you know, benefiting Let's from- Let's hope that it does. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's it. like nobody really needed to spend FYC dollars for that to happen. I mean, it really, even if it, it there has been a backlash and stuff, it really has raised both her profile in general. And, and, and a lot of people saw the movie who wouldn't yeah. have otherwise seen it. But as I argued last week, if you're a member, if you're a, um, you know, meat and potatoes member of the Academy, you know, and you see two Liz Leslie, it's not necessarily going to be your cup of tea. No. Um, so, so it, it's still Kate Blanchett versus Michelle Yeoh and no one's talking about Michelle Williams or Anna de Armas. Um, no. And That's so funny. I, uh, the question there, as I said before, everything, everywhere, all at once could sweep. It could be so powerful that it, you know, here's what's going to happen. I do believe that the SAG awards, that it will win there, the ensemble prize, and it will win Michelle Yeoh and a Kiwi Kwan, of course. Um, he's going to win everything and he'll, he'll win the Oscar. But, but in, in, so that gets some momentum coming out of the SAG awards, just like Parasite and Coda did. Um, and then the BAFTAs come. And that's where Banshees does really well and Kate does well and 
and you have a whole nother set of winners. And there's and the BAFTAs are are slightly more predictive of Oscars than than SAG. Yeah. Well, I guess if if actress ends up being sort of a toss up between those two, then actor ends up being a toss up between the same people we've been discussing for months now, Brendan Fraser and Colin Farrell. And- Three way. Oh, so you're gonna throw Austin Butler in there. I'm throwing Austin I, Butler in there. I felt like the whole Austin Butler's Elvis accent won't quit narrative has has not been in his favor. I, it's just a sense that I get about about him. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, he, are, he's are very charming. If if any if anyone ran into him on the uh, on the Oscar circuit, they were charmed by him. If you look at any of those round tables, he is lovely. <laughs> and that isn't an insignificant thing. So is Colin Farrell. So is Brendan Fraser. They each have their own narrative, you know, to play out. Um, so my guess is that um, Brendan Fraser could win uh, SAG. And if he does, he'll have a speech. And if he does that speech, he'll cry again. And yep, the speech will go viral. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is like, he was he's been such a powerful front runner early on even before people saw the freaking movie i feel like even though banshees came along and whipped up a lot of column fail frenzy and elvis did what well the brendan narrative has been so strong and the movie has performed commercially it just feels like the right sorts of things have lined up but you know your point earlier obviously we gotta see what happens with on the makeup side uh, because that that will be well, he doesn't know. have a best picture nomination. That's his problem. Uh, whereas Elvis and Banshees are best picture contenders, and so Colin Farrell is going to come out presumably uh, out of out of the Baftas. The Banshees is going to come out of the Baftas with some wins. Now the other person who could win at the Baftas is Bill Nye, and then we get a nice. Uh, comparison to the father and Anthony Hopkins, because that's what happened there. Anthony Hopkins. Bill Nye, not Bill Nye, the science guy. I say Bill <laughs> Nye, you know, it's. A, but it's I a, love the idea slight, every time you say it's a slight uh, difference, but it, he could win at the BAFTA, too. And that would be lovely. Yeah, no, I mean, that that's I mean, that he was an awards contender before everybody, because that movie launched way back at, at a virtual Sundance. But uh Beyond that, uh, what what else is going on? I feel like we've got a few weeks and it's going to be a little bit quiet in certain places, but you're going to Santa Barbara. So yeah, I suppose that's a there big awards festival, there. you know, so they're going to have tributes to all the obvious usual suspects and I'll do my writer's panel, which I always love. Uh, I get a kick out of that. So not, not much else. Uh, have you had a chance to watch anything outside of award season buzz? Or are you just I'm obsessed. Uh, I finished up Harry and Meghan, which was a docu-series on Netflix, um, uh, executive produced by Liz Garbus, which accounts for why it was a lot better than I was expecting. <laughs> it was very well, well done. Yeah. Temper very expectations well with serving, stuff like that. And you never serving know. Serving a certain happen. cause, I will say, of course. We, we got, my wife and I got the... Uh, the audible version of his memoir spare and oh, we yeah? a few hours while driving um it's fun to listen Who to him reads it he him? does he does he's pretty good at it i mean look it was ghost written or co-written by the guy who did, wrote his own memoir the tender bar and you feel like that sense of like somebody who really understands the beats of a memoir um it's got a really dramatic opening scene and then it flashes back and you know there's like all the silly stuff about you know losing his virginity and drugs and like it, it, you feel like you're kind of watching a movie or something but also like it's just funny to listen to him he's, he's I can't help but be impressed by the extraordinary 
I mean, they put a team together, they figured out what they were going to do, they executed, they had the memoir come out just after the series, you know, they started with Oprah, you know, they did, they didn't miss a trick. And it's all about creating income, creating income to replace the, the income they're losing. Yeah. And then maybe they can just like go off the grid for a little bit or something. I mean, who who knows what their next, Well, they're living the the life of luxury that any of us would, would, uh, just it's crazy i loved all the t- i don't know if you saw the series i did love all the stuff nope. where they're staying with tyler perry and everything oh god really <laughs> That's and also it gives you a sort of picture of how celebrities interact with each other there's a lot of name dropping going on and you know um, you don't say <laughs> you know after after megan wins this very important court case um she, you know, Beyonce texts her, you know, Beyonce and, 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 you know, they, they're, they, they, how she became friendly with Tyler Perry, how these people support each other and, and network with each other. They're living this extraordinary life. You're really giving me the heart and soul on this one. We can imagine. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would be, I would love to see a show where she hangs out with Beyonce, but the fact that she texts her indicates there might be something there. So it gives your mind something to play around with, I guess. Well, I enjoyed seeing Magic Mike's Last Dance, which is coming out this week. Um, it got some mixed reviews. It's, it's the weakest of the three by a long shot. Are you a fan of all three of them? Because I wasn't well, such a big fan of all three. I love, I actually think the second one is a, a, a marvel. I think the second Magic Mike, Magic Mike XXL is such a gratifying road trip movie. It's so fun. And it's, and you know, I mean, the, the baby one more time seen in the in the 7-eleven that kind of stuff it's like it's just so invested in the entertainment value of this stuff um this one it's a little weird because the premise where in which magic mike uh is basically enlisted by this wealthy woman played by salma hayek uh originally was going to be Tanya way newton it like goes to london to like direct a a show for her um and it, it's just not where you expect that character to be. And I think like narratively it gets kind of lost in that. But once again, that's, it's, it's not why you're watching these movies. The the dancing is incredible. There's a lap dance of sorts. It's much more than a lap dance that everyone's talking about. And it's, it's really over the top. And then the, the climactic showpiece is like a Fosse level production. I mean, it's really, really, I mean, that's where Soderbergh so really gets musical. into it. Essentially, when it when it when it flexes those muscles, it's satisfying, As and then there's were. a lot of stuff around yeah. it that's less sad. Exactly, you know, we can all kind of agree that it's fun to watch muscle men in action. I mean, that's <laughs> sort of what it's about, and I think there's something really amazing and progressive about that. And I hope they keep making these movies, so this even is if this in is theaters? the weakest one. It's out. Yep, it's a it's a wide release uh, from Warner Brothers, and I'll be curious to see how it does. You know, I, it's interesting because I did the story that that's um, coming out this week about Eighty for Brady, which was directed and and produced by these guys who made the, mo- the movie The Climb that that we're both fans of. We love them, it. yes. And and that that movie did really well with older women. I'm because really proud like of a, them. It's yeah. cool. It's like a football movie, funny. but about they these know how to be women. funny. That's the point. Yeah, but I'm also it's just like it was worked theatrically because it taps into a sort of a demographic of you know older audiences People who like football too 
people who like football exactly and 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 also you know women who like football uh of a certain age you know it's it's just such a it's a specific but also really mainstream at the same time and i'm curious to see if magic mike still has a kind of edge in that in that sense or not uh but i do hope they keep finding ways to make movies even if this is magic mike's quote unquote last dance like I'm sure it is <laughs> it, i don't know i mean i i feel like you could wait Five it sounds years, like diminishing years. returns. I'm not eager to see it, despite everything you just said. No, I, I would I would love to see Chang Tatum like in his 70s, like Hopefully. still sort of like figuring out. A way. I mean, they, come on, you would watch that movie. It's like it's like his version of uh, Antoine Duanel or something like that, you know, to be continued. Anyway, Anne, have a good time in Santa Barbara. Um, when you get back, I'm sure we'll have a lot more to discuss as we get closer and closer. Yes, to you're going to catch up on your episodes of The Last of Us, which is my uh, yes, The Last of Us. That we is my favorite HBO series du jour. I Craig have Mason complicated feelings about a, it. A very good writer and uh, has made uh, each episode very, very tense and thrilling, but also often moving. He's he's got a depth to it, even though it's based on a video game. There's a depth to it, but we can get well, into that, it. Even next though qualifier, time. yeah, I have complicated feelings about it, but I'll catch up before I weigh in, in entirely. And then we're going to watch some short films. We're, we're in the process. Yes, we're in the process up. of catching up so that when you fill out your Oscar ballots, you will know. Very important. Even part though of that, often seeing them, it doesn't help you pick the right ones. <laughs> well, one <laughs> step at a time. All right, Anne, have <laughs> All a good right, weekend. Bye bye, Enjoy Eric. Okay. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.